Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. That's right. Keep breathing. And uh, this is Caregiver Dave, and we're on the Caregiver Dave Show. And that's it, caregiverdave.com. So, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg. So I'm from the City Hi. of Angels in Los Angeles. Uh, Adrian is from the Big Apple you in New York City. You still have a big sunrise up there. I know. That's because I live in sunny Southern California, and we just <laughs> can't get away from the sun. <laughs> but... Try as I will, uh, you'll just have to deal with it. <laughs> all right. So welcome, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with, like I said, Adrian. She's at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're both yes. caregivers, uh, either uh, former, present, or uh, future, both. because everybody's going to be a caregiver one day, or everyone's going to need a caregiver. There's no escaping it. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 21 global audio and video platforms. And gosh, which platforms are we on? Well, let's see. We're on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, MixCloud, Listen's Notes, Blueberry, <laughs> Player FM, slow down here, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, not today though, not working, Owl's Tale, U-Book, Castle, Box. And, of course, caregiverdave.com. And we are proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts by caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands on caregiver of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. He always knows. I and know. But, but before we get started, I just want to thank last week. And I'm week's- never wrong. <laughs> he is never wrong. Most women are never wrong. Uh, my wife certainly isn't ever wrong, except one time, no. I think. Um, anyway, last week's show, Beth Liebling is a divorced, middle-aged mother of five children and grandmother, and she's also Ivy League educated, former board-certified divorce attorney who got tired of breaking people up, so now she helps couples stay together and she's got a sex book, and we talked about sex. So that was a real exciting interview. You might want to check it out on some of those uh, uh, platforms I mentioned. And just a reminder, you can listen to this podcast and all the uh, other, I'm sorry, this one and last week's and all of them on all our membership websites. And Jonathan Yatsky is our guest today, and he's a therapist, public speaker, holds a master's degree in counseling, psychology, and has a thriving private practice that leads self-empowerment, multi-day workshops, relationships, seminars to enrich people's lives. And Jonathan combines psychology and life coaching to bring down-to-earth insights, breakthroughs, and tools to individuals, couples, and groups and he uses his dynamic and magnetic personality, and he does have one, to weave sound <laughs> advice with lighthearted humor and wit. That's that's my style. Jonathan has a way of helping people feel safe, open up, and look at things 
they would not normally be willing to address, allowing for unexpected and much appreciated growth and breakthroughs. Wow, did you write that? That's very good. <laughs> Welcome to the Gilly show, Jonathan. Says. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's our pleasure. As you can tell, we're kind of loose around here, loose, loosey goosey, but we do get uh, we do get on the topic eventually, and we're going to try to. Uh, teach everybody out there, because there's burned out. Who's our audience, you might ask? Burned out caregivers. Some are fried to a crisp. Some are very close to being fried to a crisp. But right. All, they all have something in common. Uh, They're they, all on their way to getting fried to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I came up with a topic for this uh, show. It's called Five Tips to Make Sure Our Emotions Don't Sabotage Us. Because let's face it. Uh, yes. Emotions, can we trust them? I mean, now, we should use them. Emotions are a wonderful thing. Robots don't have emotions, and yet uh, they help us to become empathetic and sympathetic. But we have a mind also. Our mind is our logic, and that's what tells us, hey, don't do that. That's stupid. You remember you did that last time, and you screwed up, and you lost a lot of money, and you, you lost all your friends. And so we want a combination of uh, logic and emotions I like to say give the brain 51% voting and give the heart 49. That way the brain will always win, but it won't be alone. It's like the balance of power in, in Congress, right? Jonathan, am I right or what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. if you think about, you know, the – you know, you're talking about emotions, right, and the difference between the heart and the mind. Well, there's a – Really important distinction, this is something that we talk about uh, in the seminars that I run, which is that our emotions may not necessarily be logical, right? They may not necessarily have the best idea. Like when we get angry, we're not thinking, you know what, it would be such a good idea to just, you know, like slap this person upside the head, right? Or to shake my <laughs> boss. Uh, you know, it feels right. But logically, it may not make a lot of sense. But that doesn't mean that our emotions aren't valid. It just right. means that we need to find a different way of being with our emotions so that when we get to the other side of those emotions, then we can go back to making better, more logical, more uh, stable choices that are built off of, as you said, what we think as well as how we feel. Are you saying an example of um, emotions with logic would be if somebody upsets you and you get all angry that it's logical to be angry when someone upsets you? Is that is that kind of what you're saying, or are you yeah. going deeper than that? Yeah, so I would I – would, that's a great place to We still to start, have to do something would, with it. We, otherwise, right. we're just going to be angry. And yeah. that's the point, right? So like wow. uh, uh, something that I use, especially in the seminars that mm -hmm. I run, is it's like, you know, back before we even had uh, words, right? When we were cavemen living in caves, <laughs> well, we, we had this run. cute, adorable <laughs> baby mammoth. So cute, so fluffy, right? You just wanted to play with him all the time. And lo and behold, one day you come home and a velociraptor just tore him apart, right? We don't even have words. But what we do have is we have the emotions that we're left with. We'd, be, we'd cry. We'd be angry. We'd be sad. We, we would have this emotional upheaval from watching this cute, adorable little mammoth get, you know, uh, have a very short end to its life. And that's because our emotions are natural. They're a part of who we are. And so when we, and this is something we do nowadays especially, when we segment ourselves into this is who I am at work, this is who I am at home, this is who I am when I'm a caregiver, right? Sometimes what happens is our emotions just get left there to just sit. 
And so while we need to understand that they're a natural part of us, we also need to understand how to deal with them in a positive way so that we can go back to a place of balance. Mm. That's very good. So our first tip for everybody, uh, if they're taking notes, is what? How would you put that in words? So the first thing that I would look at, and this is something that I talk about in my seminars, is addressing and figuring out what your emotional spark is. Uh-huh. Right. So the emotional spark is something that I would clarify as, you know, whenever you get mad, there's that heat that rises in your chest. Maybe you feel it in your face, <laughs> in your veins, neck. And yes. right? The veins start bulging. Veins. Um, <laughs> exactly. Or if you're sad, right, you'll feel that stinging sensation in your eyes. Uh-huh. That is a clue to you that something is going on. Yeah. And so we need to understand, okay, what is that spark? Is it anger? And if so, what is that <clears throat> anger? Where does it come from? Was it the fact that uh, my mammoth just passed away? Well, if so, <laughs> then why does that bother you? Because then what you're going to do is you're actually going to go deeper than just the surface <clears throat> level. Because <clears throat> so often, it's actually not the thing that's right there in front of us that is truly the thing that upsets it us. It's a thing that's under the surface that hasn't necessarily been dealt with. And by being able to ask yourself why and to find a way to reduce your emotional spark in a healthy, safe, effective way, you Mm -hmm. can get back to a place of balance. So a good way to do this, like uh, let's say you're angry. Mm -hmm. Sure. If you're angry, you could go and just shout at everybody, right? To just yell at the world, to to take it out on your loved ones, which so many of us do, right? We get angry at work. We can't yell at work. So what do we do? We go home. We take it back with us, and we just unleash it on our spouse, our loved ones, our care. Uh, yeah, yell at the wife. Kick the dog. <laughs> exactly. When in reality, that emotional upset, that spark <clears throat> that we're feeling can be dealt with. We just need to figure out what it is. So if I'm angry... Watching a sad movie is not going to release my angry spark. No, it just it might might make you cry and yes, get stuff out. That's exactly. It will allow you to process through it, right? Right. See things in perspective, and, maybe. Right, and so that's really the key: is you need to find the emotion you're feeling <clears throat> and find a way to express it. If you're sad, watch a sad movie. It'll allow you to cry. Then your body will have the reaction it's looking for. You'll have released some of the emotional spark, which means that our hindbrain, right, which doesn't react well when we, are, when we are triggered, will come back to balance. And it's because we took the time and effort to, uh, you know, this is something I say to clients all the time. If you're angry, let's say you get really angry at work, go to your car, turn on some loud, angry music, <laughs> before you leave the parking lot and yell, shout, say all the things you Just need to say. Get it out. Just get it out. Because regardless of who's there, if anyone else is listening, it doesn't matter because it's about you. Caregiving, right? And and I imagine, right? And you guys tell me what you think. But with caregiving, <laughs> oftentimes you need to be really stoic. You need to be the stone that people can rely on. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you're not a human being who has emotions, who has feelings, who is frustrated. And how do we deal with that? Exactly. Well, we deal with it on our own. And part of that is going, you know what? I'm going to pile up all these pills and just beat the snot out of them, right? There's no one here. It's just me. And I get to just release from 
then we can figure out after we've released it, then we can figure out what step two is, was where does that come from? Because it isn't just what's on the surface. Yeah, I mean, for for years I've told my kids, um, Mm -hmm. always ask yourself when you're feeling something, when you're thinking something, thought comes in your head, uh, all of a sudden your your gut hurts. What am I? Th- why am I thinking what I'm what I'm thinking, and why am I th- feeling what I'm feeling? Because I'll go through my day, and all of a sudden, uh, I'll get this wrenching pain in my gut. It's all it's emotional, and I'm saying, what just happened that made me like either worry about something or be mad at somebody? And you really, it's a chore. You have to kind of backtrack and say, what happened? I was I just got off the phone with so and so. They said something, and that sparked it. There's that word, mm-hmm. spark, again. And right. so, yeah, because a lot of times we're just aimlessly going through life, and, and we're getting thoughts in our heads that are, are like a seed we're taking root and then will come back to haunt us or something in our heart like anger, and it's, it's taking root again and comes <clears throat> back in two or three days or maybe that same night, and all of a sudden you can't sleep because there's something in there, and you didn't ask yourself, what is that? So excellent, right. excellent point. So what's number two? And, and so the well, next go ahead. Point, I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, you're you're fine. So, but you actually, you actually, you got you you got a big part of it just now, which is once we know what the spark is, <clears throat> then we need to figure out where it comes from. And mm-hmm. I, the the example that I like to use is: um, uh, Do either of you garden by any chance? Yes. Okay. So um, if I have a weed in my garden and I cut the top off, what's going to happen? It'll still grow back. It'll grow back. Right. I've dealt with the thing on the surface, but the thing on the surface wasn't really where the juicy stuff lies. (laughs) And that's the same in your life. If you just go and you – let's say you get angry, right? Let's say – your uh, your coworker doesn't ever give you credit, and you go and you release your emotional spark, and you cut the top off. Right? I've dealt with the surface issue. Well, if we don't deal with the roots, if we don't get underneath it, it's going to come back up again. Why? Because I haven't actually dealt with the issue. And so, part of it is where is that root, and what is at the end of those roots. Mm. How I deep got, do they go? I, I got a, a question here, though. You, <clears throat> when you're dealing with caregiving, mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> what the spark is. <clears throat> you know where it's coming from. Yeah. But it's very hard to find a place to let it out <clears throat> safely without hurting anyone. Um. <clears throat> Not everybody can afford to go to a therapist and and just dump it all on, you know, every week or twice a week. Um, and you don't want to hurt the feelings of the person that you're caring for because they are sick. But they may be treating you badly. Uh, you may get really tired of what you're doing for them. Uh, it's, it's really a matter of, okay, so where do you put this? anger before it turns to fury and before you can't do anything about it and get burnt out yes that's a really good point 
Because if you think about the emotions, right, especially in a caregiving scenario, right, you may feel a lot of different things that come up when you are uh, in the heat of the moment or when there's a frustration mm-hmm. or they're not treating you well. And part of it is is to recognize within yourself, okay, because, you know, I, I am a therapist. I do life coaching and all this stuff. So yeah, I, I love helping people through that. But the truth is, is that, each and every person has within them the answer they're seeking. Right? Any good therapist is going to work with the person that they're with to have them find the answer that works for them. It just may be that in that moment we can't see it. And that's why when you feel it come up, it's important for you to go, okay, I'm feeling this come up. Um, you know what? And I've actually done this myself. It's like, okay, you know what? Um, I need to use the bathroom real quick. <laughs> right? <laughs> Go into the bathroom. Look yourself in the eyes and be like, okay, you know what? <sighs> right. I know. I know they're foolish. I know that they are in a lot of pain <laughs> right now. And I know that right now what you want to do is you want to just shake them. But yeah. <clears throat> we need to, you know, and, and, and part of it is like um, I, I had someone go and put a, a, a stress ball, right? Um, and for any of those who can see it on the video, right, I have a little squeezy thing. Yeah. Because... And I hide it in places, and so when I need to, I just go. Right? And I really give myself the it makes noise too. Feel it, and then go back to okay. You know what? Right now, I don't have the opportunity to take twenty minutes to you know pile up all my pillows on my bed and just beat it with a baseball bat, which right. you could definitely do. Feels really good, uh, or watch a sad movie. So right now, I need to find the best balance I can, address the spark where it is right now, and then I need to go back into it. With the caveat that when I do get a moment, when it's at the end of the night, maybe the weekend, maybe my day off, maybe just an hour, right, 30 minutes, really process through and dig down deep because somewhere along the line, that feeling has shown up before. Right? The root comes from the past. It comes from our previous pain. It comes from the way they've treated us before. And... Uh, you know, if we look at the theory of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is not going to have us get anywhere we want to go quick. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember, okay, instead of, instead of just allowing these emotions to have me, I'm going to look at them, process through them, and I'm going to have my emotions. And then I can go back to a place where it's like, logically, here's what I can do. Okay, we're well, moving right along here. <laughs> I, I mean, I know that, that that I can have my emotions, um, and and have them in control, and and all of that. But <clears throat> I also know that when when the time comes, uh, when the time came, when when I was caregiving, and I tried to deal with the person that I was caring for Mm -hmm. and actually have a conversation and tell him, you know, beforehand, okay, we've got to have a talk and you have to listen to me. No, they don't. (laughs) They don't have to listen. They can do whatever they want to do. Um, um, And that's a problem Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in control of my emotions, but now that I've tried to do something about them, 
and I see that there's really nothing I can do with the other person, I have to find a way to do it myself. Yes, and that's actually another really great point, which is kind of part three. Which okay. is we'll get into part three. Yeah, we got to take a break, and then we'll okay. come in. I, I, when we I'm get back, I want to share. <clears throat> when we come back, I want to share with you an actual caregiver burnt out, fried to a crisp, uh, on my m- membership website, and they are in a lot of pain, and they are suffering, and they are not listening. And so you're the therapist. I want you to tell me what you would tell this person. Ah. So we'll be right back. Don't go Sounds away. Good. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too. Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. And he now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his incredible caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life, and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today, or buy one for your special caregiver, on sale everywhere, and at caregiverscaregiver.com. And we're back with our guest, Jonathan Yetsky, and my co-host, Adrian Gruberg. And I'm Dave Nassani on caregiverdave.com on the Caregiver Dave Show. And so I have a... um, a burned-out, fried-to-a-crisp caregiver. I want to uh, read you what she wrote me. You can all hear me, right? Yep. Okay. So the original post that she's answering to is basically, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I says, three tips to help a caregiver to not burn out. Number one, put your needs first. Number two, put your needs first. Number three, put your needs first. (laughs) And then I say, why do the airlines tell us? Put your oxygen mask on first. So she's a little angry and telling me basically yeah. full of baloney. Uh, <laughs> this is not possible. I think burnout is inevitable in this gig. I just say accept it and move on. I've never met one caregiver who's avoided burnout, and it's really upsetting me to get this constant pressure from everywhere to take care of yourself, quote-unquote, and uh, otherwise you're no good to anyone. When that is always something on our minds, but usually not at all doable in reality. This makes me 10 kind of crazy. All right. So how's she feeling, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really interesting point, right? So, so just a couple of things that she said first, right? One is, right now, currently, she's in a heightened emotional state. She sounds very frustrated. I think. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so the thing to keep in mind is... It's the Dave. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Dave's like, please tell me how to fix this. I, I can't do it. Uh, well, I, I wrote her something, but uh, I want to hear what you have to say. Well, which she so, should, which she did not respond to, by the way. Okay, go ahead. Oh, hey, you know, but that's that's actually part of it, right? Which is, you know, she said, <clears throat> "I am not going to, you know, I I just cannot accept that this is how it works." Well, 
that's something to really consider because in her mindset, in her emotionally triggered state where her emotional spark is so big, right? All she can see is red, right? Because it's so big, it's such a pervasive part of her life at the moment, right? All she, all she can see wherever she looks, like she's in what I would call a, an alternate pain reality, one where everything she sees corresponds to the pain she's feeling inside, and so, of course, at this moment, saying, just take care of yourself. Well, she may not see that as a viable option. It might not that, be a viable option. And, right, and, and, and it may not be at that moment, right? There may not be a place where she can do that. But there's, a, there's an old saying that I really like, which mm. is, we have to, right? Um, it's a, I believe it's a Kabbalistic saying which says we need the desire to receive for oneself alone in order to help others, right? If we give everything away, we end up with nothing. And so if you want to be a really good caregiver, then you also need to practice good caregiving techniques in all parts of your life, right? You know, uh, I was just having this conversation with someone uh, earlier in the day. And I said, we all have disciplines in our lives. Our relationships are disciplines. Our jobs are disciplines. Our passions are disciplines. And if you are truly passionate or truly involved in those disciplines, then take every opportunity to look for, to see and hear opportunities for you to be able to expand your horizons to be better in those disciplines. Mm. To be a really good caregiver also means being a good caregiver to yourself. What? Because by... Mm -hmm. Go for it. The best yeah, you great. can. Right. Because if, if I, let's say I have a real worry about burning out and I, and I don't see a place for me to be able to give to me too, to water my plant, right? right? I'm so busy watering everyone else's, but I'm not watering my own. Well, then eventually I'm not going to do myself a service because I'm going to fall. And if I fall and I'm the caregiver of someone else, they're going to fall too. And if I really care that much about how they're doing to the extent that I'm so sacrificing of myself, then I need to acknowledge that if they rely on me so much and I don't take care of me, then am I really being a caregiver or am I just giving so much to these people that I end up with nothing? I actually have a caregiver that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. No, Dave has it. some statistics on that. Yeah. 100% die. Many right. become sicker and need a caregiver of their own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like what you said. Um, just out of curiosity, here is what I told her. I says, what is the alternative? Hard, cold statistics say 30% of us will die before our loved ones do, and many more, the lucky ones, will become hospitalized from the same killer stress and will need a caregiver of their own. Again, mm -hmm. this is not easy, but this is absolutely necessary. I'm sure kids get right. tired of hearing from their parents to eat their vegetables, but the ones that don't usually end up having health problems and cancer later in life. Right. I am your friend. I am trying to help you. I'm trying to keep you healthy. I'm trying to keep you alive. I'm sorry if this upsets you, but it is more upsetting when I see caregivers die and become hospitalized. But I get your frustration. You have to think about self-care differently. Have you read my book? And please don't tell me you don't have time to read the book. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Make time. If you don't, if you don't care, if you don't take care of your body, your body will not take care of you. 
It's just that easy. And it is not my opinion. It's reality. Um, if the stress is way too much to handle, then maybe it's time to consider a facility or some other arrangement that will take the pressure off of you. It is not your sentence in life to sacrifice your life for another in the caregiving role. Um, I hope you understand that I am approaching this from love, not judgment. I care about what happens to you and all caregivers, and I'm caring for myself for 23 years, and I've gone through all this myself, and if I did not change my paradigm on self-care, I would be dead. Please learn from my mistakes so that you don't become a statistic. And so on. I said a few other things, but I said, uh, feel free to call me. I gave her my phone number. Nothing so far. But I thought that was a good reply. What do you think? I think yeah, that's I think a, good a good reply. reply. Yeah. Yeah. But, you and, know, I wanted to be strong with some tough love um, mm -hmm. and and communicate to her that she is so wrong that I'm not going right. to just roll over and say, oh, you poor thing, you know, which a lot of people do. A lot of her friends might say that and empathize with her. And there's a place for empathy, right? But there's a place to kick you in the butt when you need to be kicked in the butt and slap you in the face when you need to be slapped in the face. It's easy to be a friend who does... Figuratively speaking. Friends who are... Yeah, not necessarily the ones who are taking care. You know, it's right. very yeah. easy for them to sympathize and to just pat oh, yeah. you on the head and say, "Oh, you got you lots of them." Yeah, you know, right. but and, but that doesn't really help, it, does it? Or does no. it? No. Well, it 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 doesn't you normally, <laughs> but there is a couple. You can of ways disagree with us, Jonathan. It's okay. No, please tell us <laughs> how it does. There's a way to blend the two together which is actually pretty important. One of the things that I've done, um, and you can find it on my website, uh, jonathanyatsky.com, um, is I came up with an energy vampire ebook, right? <laughs> Learning to deal with people who suck you dry. And part of it oh. is, and it's very short, very small, easily downloaded. Totally write that free. down. That's a good hook. Learning <laughs> to deal with people who suck you dry. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, though, is when it comes to showing empathy, if we show empathy to a point where nothing gets done, all we're doing is we're enabling. And enablement uh -huh. doesn't allow for growth. And so what's really important, especially with people who feel like they're, it's them taking care of this person, right? right? And it could just be them alone. Part of it is to come up with some really good, honest friends or coaches or people who will be, as I would say, your accountability buddy. Mm -hmm. Someone who's going to hold you accountable, make yep. you take care of yourself, who's going to yep. push you further to be the best you you can possibly be, who will tell you when you have toilet paper on your shoe, who will point out when things aren't working, and who, can, who you will listen to. Because if you look at your statistic, right, so many of us, you know, one of the leading causes of death in, in the world is stress. Right? Stress leads to all sorts of diseases. It leads to all sorts of uh, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual uh, things that go wrong. And so if your life is causing you that much stress, remember, you cannot control everything. But you can control one thing, and that's you. You always have a choice. You mm -hmm. always have the ability. It may not be an easy choice. It may not be a fun choice. But it is one where if you can accept that you are not just the author of your own life, but you are also the editor of your life,
And if your life isn't going the way you want it, or isn't if the person isn't appearing the way you want and you're talking about it and they're not doing anything about it, then you have to look inside yourself because this is your life. And if you want it to be extraordinary, it is up to you. No one's going to do it for you. Right? I, I know uh, for myself, right? One of the things that I had was, um, so a bit of my background is I have uh, some learning difficulties. So dyslexia, dysgraphia, ADHD. Really? Okay. And it makes All of that, huh? reading, writing, any sort of schoolwork that isn't like fun, uh, very difficult. <laughs> very tough. Well, you're yeah. compensating very, very well. I would never have guessed. And so part of it is, though, is I had to accept that part of myself. I had to learn, you know what? This is where I am right now. What am I going to do? Am I going to, as my teachers, and one teacher in particular told me, to just give up? To just not really? even graduate high school? To let it go and Great just teacher. not even graduate high school? Where I is that teacher that now? <laughs> oh, I have a really funny story about that teacher. Um, but the thing was, is that she... She saw how I was, and she said, with this kind of work, right? I remember one time I was, I had worked four and a half hours on like 20 math equations. And I was crying and yelling, and I tore my paper up, and I had to tape it back together. And I handed it in to her. And she told me, what is this? I said, that's my homework. And she said, no, this is trash. And she <laughs> threw it away. She said, with work like this, you're never going to get anywhere. Now. I could listen to her. I could allow her to tell me, to dictate to me what my life was going to be like. Or I could stand up and say, you know what? No, my life gets to be one where I get to have those days off. I get to say no. I get to put, as you put it, Dave, I get to put my own mask on first. Because then by me taking on my life, believing that I can do it, by looking to myself and going, you know what? I don't get to just be defined as a caregiver. I get to be defined as a person with wants, needs, desires, with things that make me unique, with strengths and weaknesses that I accept fully. Then I get to decide how my life goes. To this person, right, who's really struggling, it sounds like. That's She's very in a place. important. Hmm. Because yeah. there are so many people... Who just identify, if they, they may not even know the word, but they may identify as a caregiver and nothing else. Yeah. They may just see themselves as, that's what I was put on this earth for. Right. Just to take care, you know, yeah. of other people. And you can and, do it with different attitudes, of course, but right. know you're right. a person too. <laughs> yes. Let's get back our to our caregiver. Tips. Let's get back to what? our tips. We're running okay. out of time. So tip oh. number one, addressing and figuring out our emotional spark to be balanced again. Number two, where did that emotion come from? Where did that emotional spark come from so that we can right. find out about it? And you're going to tell us number three, or did we already discuss number three? So three. I think we did. <laughs> we sort of discussed it. Yeah, three is taking sort of. control and remembering <laughs> that you have full control over, over you. And part of that in this, over us. And this goes to our next piece, right, which is part number four, which is you can control you, which means you are, whether you believe it or not, you are the most powerful person in your own life. You want it to go a certain direction? You can have it go that direction. And 
So the fourth thing is, is to understand that you too have the right to speak your mind. Maybe not from a heightened emotional place. Right. You know, if, if I come at you and I'm really mad and I'm really angry and I shout in your face about how pissed I am at you, guess what? No one's going to listen. Is, no one's going to listen. Those walls are going to go up and no one is going to listen to a word I say. And, and I, I say this to people all the time. What you have to say is really important. It's the way you say it that will have them listen to you or not. And if you yell and scream, no one's going to listen. But if you release that spark, you deal with it, you develop with inside yourself, and then you come up and say, listen, you know what? I know it is really tough for you. It's really tough for me too. And I'm looking for a win-win. I'm looking for a place we both get to win. Mm-hmm. And I want to come from that place. And that means possibly setting appropriate boundaries so that everyone gets to win. That might mean, you know what? Every week I need, uh, I need one evening off or two evenings off. And someone else who we love and care about is going to come in and take care of you. Or if that's not even possible to say, you know what? I'm working here with you. And I know it's really hard for you, but let's find a way to work together, not against each other. And I'm getting frustrated. And I know that's not what we want. So what can we do to get to the other side? And, and the, for many of the, as <clears throat> the aspect there is um, I can't, I won't be able to, take the kind of care of you that you want me to take care of you unless we can come to this understanding right and work and together right and that's because we have a uh, a misunderstanding of how love works we believe and this is kind of the <laughs> between this is kind of an overarching step a bonus step if you will um, is that the Beatles lied to us when they say love is all you need. You need so much more than that. And love is not unconditional. There are conditions to love. And there should be conditions to love. doesn't mean that we don't love people with all of our being. But it simply means, like, a, think about even just a modern-day wedding, right? Through sickness and health, till death do us part. If I was in a relationship with you and I showed up and I was dating people on the side, you found out I had three illegitimate kids, I had another wife <laughs> in another state, I was doing drugs, I was doing all these things, would you still want to be in a relationship with me? <laughs> Probably not. Only if I was doing the same thing. <laughs> right, right. And so if you, even if you think about an open relationship, right? In an open relationship, people talk about what are the boundaries? Right. What does it mean? We put them in place. And it's the same with caregiving. Oftentimes, especially caregivers who are for their loved ones, they are there because they care and they love. But there are conditions to love. And those conditions are important because by putting those conditions in place, we actually set ourselves up and them up for success. You know what? I'm totally willing to be here every single day, but I'm not going to allow you to just yell at me. I know you're in a lot of pain. And so am I. But mm. I, I, don't, 
I, I don't accept that this is the way you get to treat me. And and I'm willing to work on a way for us to be, and this is kind of the final step, to be solution-focused. Well, let's wait before we talk about that. Let's take another break. We'll be right back. So that's good stuff. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And we're back with Jonathan Yatsky and uh, my co-host Adrian Gruberg. I'm Dave Nassani on the Caregiver Dave Show on caregiverdave.com. And uh, we're going over five tips to save our emotions from sabotaging us. Let me review. Tip number one, addressing and figuring out our emotional spark to be balanced once again. Number two, find out where did that emotional spark come from. Number three, taking control over you. Number four, you too have the right to speak your mind after you deal with your emotions and you can now implement conditions and boundaries. And now we're going to go to number five. Mm-hmm. So number five, as I mentioned, is... To be solution-focused. So many times, we get stuck into a place where we just look around us and we see all the places and ways in which the world doesn't work, in which we are falling short, in which we are not good enough. And what we're looking at is we're looking at the problems. And when we look at problems, and that's all we look at, that's kind of all we'll find. We'll find more problems. What we'll do is we will, uh, kind of like putting on a pair of colored glasses, right? If we are in an alternate pain reality where only our problems matter, then all we'll see is more problems, which will, of course, continue our emotions into a negative place. Thinking of victim mentality. A victim mentality is always expected to be a victim. Things are always expected to happen to me. Things out of my control. It's never my fault, etc. Right. Right, and that victim mentality is one in which we will, if we continue to fall into that spiral, we'll spiral down into such a negative place where burnout will happen so much quicker. And that's why, again, to figure out that you are not just the author, but the editor of your life. If your life isn't going the way you want, take it in a different direction. You are the captain of that ship, even when you do not feel like it. Doesn't mean you can control everything. But it does mean that in every scenario, you have the power to decide how you want to react. Amen. And, preach it. Preach it. Preach right. it. <laughs> and, to def- and to find solutions. 
And sometimes finding solutions means admitting your weakness. Right? So, uh, you know, I talked about uh, some of my learning issues earlier. Well, mm-hmm. you know, from a, you know, normally I'd have a whiteboard. So if you think about <laughs> uh, going from A to B, right? Let's say A to B is reading a book in school. Well, for me, it might take me, you know, a 200-page book might take me five, six times as long as an average person. Mm. I get lost. I'd have to reread. I'd have to go back to the beginning of the chapter. I'd, you know, read for 30 minutes, realize I didn't read anything, and I'd have to go back and do it again. Right. Just... And it would take me a really long time. And well, at I least you're a great communicator. Father... Exactly. That's why I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My father told me, because my father has a lot of the same issues that I do, and he said to me, you know what? We weren't dealt the same hand of cards as everyone else. And so what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to let the world steamroll over us and just just fall down and lay down and just allow it to happen? Mm-hmm. Are we going to stand up and figure out how to make these cards work for us the best way we possibly can? Yeah. And for me, what it was, to go back to my example, was instead of reading the book, I would get the audio book. Because while it would mm. still take a fair amount of time, when I hear something, I can remember. Uh-huh. I found a solution that worked for me. I didn't just stay in the problem and go, oh, this is so hard, and, uh, I, and be victim to it. I figured out this is my weakness. And instead of just sitting in my weakness and feeling powerless, how can I empower myself to be solution-focused? And for caregivers, right, especially because, let's face it, Sometimes I imagine you may walk into a room and they're going to start saying things and you may not know what to do. And part of a solution may be to go, you know what? I don't know. But someone Which else is does. Very fair to say. It's better to say, I'm sorry, I don't know. I have, I'll have to look into it or I need to figure it out. Right. Hmm. And to say and be willing to say, I don't know. I, and right. I'm going to figure it out. And if it isn't me, I'm going to figure out someone who does know. Because then, even though we have no answer, which usually would lead us to a powerless victim place, it's saying, I'm not going to be stopped by this. I'm not going to allow myself to just dwell on the issues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a solution, even if the solution is that, you know what? Maybe I need to step back and allow someone else to take the reins. And by doing that, we not only balance ourselves, but we actually give the people around us the opportunity to be powerful too. Right? Like uh, if, if, let's say, for me, this is a real thing, I am not that good when it comes to math, right? When, you know, the, uh, when, the four, when the time symbol be, turns to become a plus when you're not looking, right? Uh-huh. And suddenly you do a totally different equation, right? Yeah. You know, I, I used to have a, a story that I told in the course that I run, which is like, you know, 3 plus 4 equals 7. And if that's the equation, great. But if that, time, if that plus sign looks like a time symbol and you say 12, you're wrong. <laughs> and if I acknowledge my weakness in that, then I own it. It doesn't own me. Then I can do something about it. And maybe what I can do is say, you know what? In my team of people, my accountability buddy to say, you know what? I'm not so good when it comes to numbers. So I'll take on more responsibility over here if you can help me with the numbers because you're good at them. Therefore, they get to be strong 
They get to give. They get to uh, give back to me, and I get to receive. And that will allow some movement in the energy. When we just give, 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 and get nothing back, we will end up drained and burnt out. But if we allow the people around us to give to us and accept that giving, that we are, as we said earlier, perfectly imperfect people, just trying to do the very best that we can, and that that's okay. One thing I found, one thing I found was that it helps to ask and to listen, of course, but it helps to ask, what can I do for you? What can I do that will make you feel better right now? Or mm-hmm. what, you know, what do you want? Right. I, but what can I do for you? Yeah. We, and we are you a- should get an answer, and it, it gives you the direction that you need. Otherwise, yes. you know, you're out flying blind. Right. And, and we as, as human beings, every single one of us, are notoriously bad communicators. Right? We think we're being so clear. But the thing is, is that people around us can't read our minds. I just did a, a Facebook Live about this. We are horrible communicators at times, and we expect people to know that we're struggling, to know that we're right on the brink. And if we don't communicate that, if we don't say what we're feeling, if we're not asked and ask others, we will end up hitting that block eventually. It's kind of like um, the Titanic, right? The iceberg's over there. If someone had walked over to the cat to be like, hey, man, you know, don't know if you saw this. There's an iceberg over there. I think we should go over here, right? You can bet that people saw icebergs that night. <laughs> but somewhere along the line, someone knew, and they could have been like, you know what? I bet the captain saw it. I, I, I bet he, I, he's a smart guy. Yeah, no I'm not the captain. It. He is. <laughs> right. Right. In psychology, there's actually a, a thing that we talk about where it's um, – the fact that when it comes to an emergency situation, don't just yell, someone call 911. You need to point at someone. You, what's your name? My name is, uh, you know, Caesar. Great, yep. Caesar, call 911. Tell them exactly <laughs> where we are. Because otherwise, everyone expects that someone else is doing it. And we, if we want to be solution focused, need to find a way to communicate better and to be willing to admit that maybe, just maybe, we don't have the answer. And caregivers are notorious for not wanting to ask for help. Right. They just don't want to be indebted. They don't want to bother the other person. They don't want to feel right. like they can't do it themselves. Whatever the reason is, that is the big problem. And there are many ways to ask for help. You can't just say, well, can you help me? And no, I can't. Oh, okay, thanks. No, you got to be specific. Hey, are you going to be at the When's the next time you're going to be at the store? You know, they yeah. eventually are going to be at the store. Yeah, you almost want to trap them. Oh, great. Tuesday, uh, I need, here's my list. Can you just pick this up for me next time you're at the store? Right. I would love it if you picked this up for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and part of that is us getting out of our own way. People do that to us. Why can't we do it to them? (laughs) Right. We're manipulated every day. (laughs) (laughs) We are just as human as everyone else and the people we take care of. And we're and not offended we when they do it. Oh, yeah, sure, I could do it. No right. big deal. You know, what's the big deal? Right. And that's what so, it is. So if you were to put number five into one sentence, what would it be? Be 
willing to own your strengths and weaknesses and be solution focused. Don't just stay in the problem. Good. Yay. Your strengths and your weaknesses. Okay. Because we were all not given <laughs> the same hand. Right. Right. Yeah. None of us. And what some of us can bluff life? through life, right? Yeah, some of us can. Some of us are lucky enough to bluff <laughs> the through. The fake it till we make it. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, so you're a pretty smart you know, guy. So, well, just to, just to speak to that last bit for one quick second, is we also don't, in our culture, we have an issue with allowing people to struggle. And what I encourage all of my all of the people in my care, the people I talk to on a daily basis, is to allow the people in their life to struggle. Because through struggle, should, is, they should struggle or they shouldn't struggle. They should, because through struggle is growth. Let's right. say, let's say there is um, a problem, right? Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm encountering right now is a lot of parents who are saying that their kids, when they go to college, don't know how to deal with things when they get there. That's because mm -hmm. the parents did it for them out of a place of love, right? That's it. And they do things for them. Right. And the thing is, is they could struggle here in the household where there's training wheels, where there's people to help support them, to be able right. to give them a guiding hand. Or they can struggle over there, where over there just may happen to be when this. things are bigger, the risk is higher, uh, there's sort of a do or die element to it. And then they're going to really wish that they had taken the opportunity to struggle back there, right? It's like uh, we talked about kicking the can down the road. But right. if you keep kicking that can, you can deal with it when it's a nice, shiny, slightly dusty can. Or you can deal with it when you've kicked it through the muck, the grime, through the woods, through the dog poop, all of those things. And guess what? You're still going to have to deal with that can because no one else can deal with it for you. And so allowing yeah. people – I did a Facebook Live on struggle, and it is one of my most popular because people people really get that, you know what? It's a growth opportunity for yeah. all of us. And caregivers love to come to their loved one's rescue. Oh, here, let me get that for you. Oh, here, let me do yeah. that. You know, when my uh, mother-in-law lived with us after my wife's stroke, she wanted to do the cooking. She wanted to do everything. My wife is a gourmet cook. Even though she only had one arm, one leg that worked, she still wanted to get involved. And so I would let her, uh, against her mother's wishes, but I, the <laughs> occupational therapist told me, listen, you can either create an invalid or you can create someone who's independent. And so, you know, my wife would try to reach for something on the top shelf, and her mother would say, oh, no, no, I'll get it for you. And I said, no, 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 she can get it. Come on, reach a little higher. Come on, stand on your toes a little bit. You know, I'll push her butt a little bit, and she'll get it. And, you know, she thought I was cruel, her mother. And yet today my wife is very, very independent. And uh, she could be an invalid. Exactly. Because you treated her like she had some agency, some power, some ability to affect yes. the world too. People will so rise to, to their other people's expectations. If you expect exactly. them, they will rise to that. If you expect higher, yeah. even with your kids, you know. I expect more out of you, son. You know, you only got a C minus. Well, that's all I can do. Some parents will actually say, "Oh, C minus." Well, that's all I used to do. I guess that's all we can do. You know. Well, now he doesn't. He's not going to try harder anymore. Right. What's the point? And it's not about you know to use that school example. It's not about scolding the child for for getting a bad grade. It's simply just going. You know what? You and I both know 
that you and what you want to create out of your life is so much more important than this. Oh my God, and we've run out so of time. We can talk about this for a whole another hour, but how can we get a yeah. hold of you if we want, you know, to experience your coaching or watch your mm-hmm. webinars or your Facebook Live or whatever? So uh, there's a couple of ways. So first of all, uh, I do a totally free Facebook Live every week. Uh, it is Thursday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, where it's me. You can just find me under my name, Jonathan Yatsky. Uh, that's Y-A-T-S-K-Y. Uh, and again, it's every week is a different tip, trick, and tool to help you live a healthier and happier life. So that's for caregivers, non-caregivers, whoever. Um, and right now, currently, we are working uh, through relationships, but there is a lot of other videos up there, and people get a lot, a lot of good stuff. We also okay. have um, the seminar that I run, which is called The Course. It is a three-day-long weekend workshop that is heart-opening, life-transforming, and is like adding jet fuel to your life. It will take you <laughs> higher, faster, and it's tools like the ones we're talking about, but an entire weekend of that. Uh, so we but actually that, have... That's in person, yes? That is in person. Uh, and that is, um, we have a couple of dates coming up. And if you want to find more information about that, you can go to unlockingme.com. Uh, and there has all the information about that and other seminars okay. that we run. We have a relationship seminar as well. We also have, uh, you can find out more information about me, a little bit more about me, who I am, setting up a session with me if you're interested, at jonathanyatsky.com. There you'll see my bio, some other videos, some other interviews that I've done. And, uh, yeah, that'll give you pretty much everything you need as far as getting in touch with me. And uh, feel free to contact me with any sort of questions that you have. And uh, like I said, tune in for the Facebook Lives. Right. I just <laughs> added you as a friend, Jonathan Yatsky. It's Thank you. You, you and some beautiful woman under your chin. Is that right? Yes, that is my lovely friend. <laughs> no, there are other Jonathans, but, yeah, I want to make sure I got the right one. Adrian, uh, is that Adrian? Um, at the caregiverspace.org. And, and all the uh, social media links are right there. Yeah. And I'm caregiverdave.com. Uh, check out our three free gifts that we offer to anyone for checking it out. And you can join and have 100% access to caregiverdave.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate everyone who tunes in to listen. And there's nothing left to say but goodbye. Thank you. See Thank you next you. time. Thank you, guys. Sometimes it feels... Like the sun will never rise Like the birds will never sing